Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to this week's episode here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. Our guest this week is bronc rider Braxton Nielsen. This week, Braxton shares an incredible testimony founded on resilience. Now, nearly 18 months ago, he suffered a devastating injury when a bucking horse reared back, causing a severe spinal cord injury. Braxton's initial diagnosis was that he would never walk again. Through his faith, family, and hard work, Braxton has regained his ability to walk and has taken the lessons learned from this experience on the road as he now participates in many public speaking events. I encourage you all to visit his Instagram at braxton.nielsen should you consider booking him for an event. Now, should you find the content of this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. Additionally, your five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast platform of your choice would mean the world to us. You can find us both on Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is Braxton Nielsen. Braxton Nielsen, what's going on, my man? Oh, not too much. How are you today, man? Doing well, doing well. I am uh, very much looking forward to this episode here and this time that we get to spend together. I know it's many, many months in the making, and uh, we finally get a common hour, I guess, between our two busy schedules to sit down and, and hash out life a little bit. Oh, man, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited and honored to be, be able to talk to you and get to share our experiences and, and uh, our struggles together, I guess, man, for this time. So thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. First and foremost, like I said, thank you very much for making time. We sure appreciate everything that's going to go down over the next hour and ask, you know, what's new with life? How's 2019 been treating you thus far? Man, it's been good. 2019 has been, uh, it's been good. It's been a humbling one you know i've had i had some uh some big goals for the start of 2019 and i won't lie you know i wasn't able to uh hit some of them goals because i mean with my body coming back and what we can get more into it the injury and stuff you know i wanted to kind of be rodeoing already and i've had some limitations so it's been you know struggle right off the year but yet it's been a great year it's been a humbling and learning year i was saying and that's exactly what this show is all about, right, is is the life experiences, and sometimes our plans don't fit into life's plans, but we all make adjustments, we're all pretty darn resilient, and we put a plan together, make changes, and, and, and make it happen, you know, so. Yeah. If you don't mind, maybe just introduce yourself a little bit, who you are, what you're all about, kind of your upbringing, and, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, man, uh, so I was uh, born and raised in Roosevelt, Utah, just a small town, where, uh, you know, growing up, my my dad, we we owned a little ranch and have some cows and stuff. But man, I I uh, I was a I was a jock, man. I grew up uh, playing basketball and football and baseball all through you know little league oh, and into stuff. high school. Yeah, it, it was fun. I the rodeo scene. We we had horses. We my dad roped a little bit, but once I hit you know about seventh eighth grade, he sold the horses and. I mean, we ran cows, but man, basketball, football, baseball, had some offers, opportunities to go play, could have went and played some college basketball. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, and some college football, but turned turned it down, actually. Turned them down to go on an, uh, a mission to uh, New Jersey for my faith and religion, man. No kidding. So, so. I was going to say, I grew up an athlete myself. I played baseball and football. 
And then once everybody started to grow a lot more than me, it just became baseball only because I, I was a little bit better at that. Yeah, I've heard your it's pretty cool your story man your success in baseball is awesome yeah i uh i was fortunate you know <laughs> and uh i was blessed with a pretty decent work work ethic and and i can't say i was the best at the sport but i got to play at a at a level a lot higher than most so i'm i'm a huge fan and a huge supporter of all things athletics because uh not not only the physical shape that it keeps you in but all the life lessons that you carry you know when you listen to coaches when you're young telling you, you know, these are the years that you're going to form your your opinions and and your goals and how you handle life. And you think they're just giving you some rah-rah speech, but now being a few years down the road looking at it, you know, there's some of the greatest life lessons I learned was was between those white lines when I was playing ball. And and, uh, it's so formidable and so beneficial to everybody. And baseball gave me opportunities that I wouldn't wouldn't have gotten in life because I don't come from a lot of money or opportunity or any things of that sort, but you work hard, you get your nose in the books, and, and some great things came of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man, with the opportunities that come from it. Pretty pretty awesome, and that's that's honestly kind of the same story as yours. I mean, we didn't, I didn't have much money growing up. Mom, Dad, you know, my dad was a school teacher and then a principal, and so we, we always had the key to the gym, I guess. You know, with that opportunity, with him being part of school, we had keys to school, and we were always getting in the gym. And, yeah. But then I uh, decided to, uh, let's see, it would have been 2012, uh, went on a mission in New Jersey speaking Spanish, man. Talk about no a challenge. Kidding. I am not. That is one gift that I really had to work at, his speaking Spanish and memorizing. <laughs> oh, but that did not come easy. Oh. But, so but so, so awesome. let's, so what was the foundation of the mission, right? You grew up there in Utah and, and, you know, you're just going yep. halfway across the country and most missions, right, go international. Yep. What, what was the foundation? What was the purpose? Man, I guess from a young age, I've always had a strong testimony. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, man. I mean, uh, I, because of him, uh, you know, I feel like I was gifted with some talent and abilities to play sports, to do things. And it was, I guess it was my time to kind of, you know, give it back. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I went out there with that mindset of, okay, it's my turn to give back to the Lord. But man, after being out there and seeing the blessings that come of serving, you can never truly give back because as you give more, he gives more, you know, he blesses you more as you, and, and the, the, the platform was just going out and testifying that he lives, man, that he's our Lord and Savior, that he's there for us to help us to understand our life struggles to our life. I mean, at a young age, I've always believed that. And, and still to this day, my testimony is just stronger. And, uh, I guess we don't have to always be necessarily leave on a mission, you know, to go somewhere to do that. You can do it every single day. Yeah, it's true, you know, and I learned a very similar lesson, right? It, it wasn't until a few years ago I had that change in perspective, and and I've shared it on the show before growing up, you know, I was just very selfish. I thought my talents were my talents, and I used them for my successes and for my goals and what I wanted to accomplish, and it wasn't until a few years back that I started to realize and truly, truly believe, you know, that, hey, everything that I've been given or received talent, success, any of that stuff, right, is only by the grace of God. And yeah. and using those abilities that brought me so much success in my life and being selfish could serve such a greater purpose, investing that into others. And, yeah. 
you know, it's funny, Chuck and I had a, a, an interesting conversation on his episode about, you know, what is church, right? People always yeah. think church is a place, and, and I'm a firm belief that church is the people, right? And it, and it yeah. parallels your conversation here with the mission, right? And having to travel, well, man, we could, we could be a mission in and of ourselves in the communities that we stand in right here today, right? I, I totally agree with, I mean, everyday life, you, you yeah. have that opportunity. Yeah. You're a witness of Christ every single day. Yeah, and it's it's incredible once you develop the awareness, right? How yeah. how truly blessed we are in in everything that we do. Yeah, and, Good stuff. and where we come from. Yeah, so so you run through this mission. We progress through life. Uh, obviously, you get hooked into rodeo a little bit at some point. Let's uh, let's elaborate yeah, that, on that. Man, I so I uh, well, uh, uh, what kind of really started off is uh, right before the mission. I went to go, <laughs> this is where my pride comes in, man. Okay, I'm a little uh, prideful. I went down to go to, uh, I had an offer to go play some college ball and I was down there with the team. There was me and this other kid from Las Vegas and this point guard. Dude, the kid was phenomenal. Well, he ended up starting. They were going to redshirt me and I said, I'm out. I'm not, you know, I'm going to go on that mission. So I, I came back to Roosevelt, my hometown, and got a job in the oil field so I could get enough money saved up to pay for my mission. And I met Shadfield through the Richard family. I know Ren Richard just qualified, you know, for the NFR, and he's a pretty good family friend. And mm-hmm. I, I met uh, Shad kind of through them, started working on oil field for Shad, and then Shad introduced me to Casey Phil. And that's where my kind of rodeo starts, I, I mean, as far as bareback riding. And I didn't think much of it. I got on my first bareback horse like a, a couple weeks before I went on my mission and loved it man fell in love with it but it was just kind of like a oh that was fun kind of a deal and left for two years when i came back in 2000 i left my mission 2012 and i uh served for two years and came back in uh 2014 and then uh man i got a hold of case and i got home and i moved out with him and he said hey forget you know forget the basketball and football man you're built to be a bareback rider let's do it and he he took me underneath his wing, man, and I'm very grateful for, uh, you know, you, you look at the success that Casey Fields had and who he is as a person. He he stands. I mean, he's he's a champion life man in my eyes, just because he took, you know, he didn't he didn't have to ever let me in or bring me in or help me out. Yeah, he yeah. he's a stud, you know, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. The people, you know, as much success he can still reach out and he's and he's. He's bringing people around him. So let's talk about this a little bit. You get kind of a late jump on the whole rodeo thing, you know. It's a lot of the folks that I've had on the show, you know, that are pro cowboys and stuff, they've been doing it since day one. And obviously being being athletes, you know that you got to put in, I mean, inordinate amount of hours to to Mm -hmm. make it to that caliber, that level. So now and now looking back and, and obviously having Casey as a mentor is just second to none. But yeah. what do you think are some of those in your experiences and your relationship with Casey and those those early experiences in your rodeo career? I mean, what was it that got you up to speed so fast? What what are some of the life lessons, the takeaways that, that helped you make up that deficit of time of not living rodeo before that? I guess the, to answer that question truly is, is my dad and his example. You know, I mean, He's always pushed me. It didn't matter if it was in basketball or football or, you know, I tried wrestling or I tried in school or whatever it may be. My dad, he's always, 
he's always told me one of our saying is you're born to succeed, you know, and that comes from, I didn't understand it now, then, but we're literally a child of God and we have so much potential that you're born to succeed. You don't start off being a champion, you know, Absolutely. But it's the, the little progress and he always would talk about you're born to succeed. So work hard at it, whatever you're going to do, work hard and that hard work will never teach you in life. And so, I mean, I never, I'm not the biggest, I'm five foot eight in high school. I was only, I mean, I was a little guy, but I had to work hard and be a point guard football. Wasn't, I didn't have the fastest speed. I know I yeah. didn't have the best feet work, but yeah. that hard work paid off. And I guess it transferred over to rodeo. I just thought, Hey, I know I'm, I was 22 years old when I started. I thought, you know what? That hard work, I can, I can get more hours in the gym. There's not going to be another cowboy out there. They might have more experience, but they ain't gonna outwork me. And I think that's really what helped me to progress so fast. I guess. And that's true. And I think I think back on my experience, and same deal. We're we're similar in, in physical size, and it's not your stereotypical professional athlete, right? Uh, no, being as short no. as we are. Uh, yeah. Shoot, man, I played outfield until I was a sophomore in college, and then uh, you start paying a lot more attention to the the draft and the prospects and the process of all of that. And you realize, uh, there ain't a lot of five, eight outfielders going and, uh, (laughs) I could always throw pretty well. So I said, heck, I'm going to tow the rubber and see if that works. And it brought me probably a little bit more success than, than what I would have done in the outfield. But I attribute everything to, to work ethic. That's the only reason I was successful as I was. I'm not physically gifted. I'm not talented. I didn't throw exceptionally hard. But I was willing to put in the hours, right? And I enjoyed those quiet yeah. moments in the gym when nobody else was around and the quiet moments in the film room when nobody else was around. And and I think with any championship or any success, uh, those quiet moments are what make it that much sweeter, you know? I, man, I, I totally I totally agree. And I honestly think them hours are the, the ones that count the most because you don't have a coach that's in there pushing you. You don't have somebody making you want to go and do it you them hours mean the most because it's you and what you want to do with that i mean the time i think the time that you put in outside the time that's given is the most important time so i i totally 100 percent agree with you yeah that's incredible that so so from 22 22 on things kind of move fast for you in the bucking horse world yeah yeah, man. I mean, I took that little opportunity with, you know, Casey Field, and then, I mean. Little opportunity is an understatement, brother. <laughs> oh, I know. that It, it is. It truly uh, is, man. Yeah. I took this big opportunity, and yeah. uh, I did. Casey allowed me to move in with him. We started on the grind. I mean, I, I love to tell people this because it doesn't matter what our goals are in life, spiritually, physically, financially, whatever it is. But one, I mean, they all change, you know, you change week to week, goals change, I mean, year to year. One thing that never changes is that hard work that we just talked about. And I, uh, I started RM rodeo on, they have little amateur rodeos and, and I started doing pretty well at those and winning a little money here and there. And then with none other than our savior, man, and our, our heavenly father, man, I, I feel like he, uh, he put me in a situation where I was able to meet a rodeo coach from Weber state. They asked me to come rodeo. I didn't even know there was college rodeo growing up, man. Yeah. But I uh, said, hey, come rodeo at Weber State. Got on there. And then uh, that kind of gave me the confidence, I guess, to even work harder and um, had some success in college rodeo and decided in 
2016, halfway through the year to buy my my PRCA membership, man, and bought my uh, permit and started pro rodeo. Now it's pretty fun to start competing against, you know, Casey and competing against like Caleb Bennett and uh, Mason Clements and J.R. Rosane, these guys. I mean, these well-known cowboys. It was fun to kind of be among the greats, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was fun. It was fun to – I think you have to enjoy the journey of it, though, you know? That oh, absolutely. Fr- it's all a process, you know? Yeah. And, and I wish I learned a lot of these lef- life lessons when I was working in sports. You know, I just thought, oh, I know. heck, to be the good ones, you got to hang around with them, right? So you try to get the gym time and you try to get the trainers and the programs that they're in. And yep. and and there was tons of value that came from all that experience. And I, I'm sure you experienced a very parallel process. And what do you think, I guess, in thinking, looking back, what do you think was kind of the turning point or the moment in your life when I, when you realize that, Hey man, I can make a run at this. You know, I can be a professional. This may sound cliche or cheesy. I don't know. But from, from day one, I remember Casey sitting down with me and he said, Braxton, if you, if you're just going to try this out and see, Oh, maybe it worked, maybe it won't. He said, then you better choose a different possession. You better just, you know, maybe go grab the basketball and get back on the basketball floor because I mean, as we all know, rough stock, I mean, it, you're, you only have a short amount of time in your life. Yeah. You can be a bull rider, bareback rider to, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> no offense. You got to be doing <laughs> any of it. You, you know, it's a short window, but yes. you know, team roping and stuff, you can, you can team rope, you can play basketball and stuff. I mean, I mean, my dad's 60 years, uh, well, he's 55, but he still plays basketball and stuff, you know, but. Casey told me if you're going to do it, you might as well have the mindset right now that you're going to be, a, you know, a world champion. And that's from day one, honestly, was think that's my mindset was I'm going to be a, prof- a professional athlete. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a rodeo professional athlete from day one. It's incredible. And that's a whole entire other topic, right? How historically <laughs> rodeo is just a bunch of cowboys trying to show off to each other and how yeah. how fast the sport has evolved. I mean guys fitness guys diets right everything i mean everything it is truly even even with the stock alike right yeah they're athletes and the way they train and the way they feed them and the way they breed them it's just it's truly starting to catch up a lot of things in the western world are starting to catch up to traditional professional sports in my opinion i agree i i do agree and i mean it is like you said the animals without the animals they love to do it man they're bred to do it yeah they, oh, they're amazing. They, they're what bring, I mean, without them, we wouldn't have rodeo, yeah. honestly. Yes, sir. So you're in the early parts of your pro career, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but things kind of change in September 2017 a little bit. Oh, man. A lot. That's kind of, I guess, that's where I guess my story really begins, man, is uh, it was actually August 31st, 2017. I was entered up i mean i was sitting sixth in the wilderness the wilderness circuit and man i mean finally things were starting to really click for me i felt like that i was starting to get the hang of bareback riding where i could not just show up to the rodeos and content but man i was starting to compete you know starting to kind of make a name for myself all the all the hours of hard work and the film the visualization things were starting to really take off and then uh filer filer rodeo um, Father Idaho, August 31st, 2017. I uh, climbed over the chute, man. 
just like every time I've done before, you know, and uh, nodded my head. And as I nodded my head, uh, I had a Sozo, the horse, uh, you know, he's been the well-known horse for all the bareback riders. He's been the NFR and stuff. And he uh, sat down like a dog and pinched my shoulder blades against the back of the chute. And I honestly, all I remember just like shotgun, like a boom, a pop going off my ears and it i knew i just it was crazy man i knew that uh then and there i, I was my back's broke i gotta get my thumb out but the gate came open and yeah you know it was a crazy deal life-changing deal right there i didn't i don't even know how to honestly explain it a lot it's just a lot of emotions a lot of uh man uh i don't know there's a crazy time i'll tell you what it's 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 tough to watch because I've seen the video, right? And and they blow that gate, and yeah. you can watch the moment in which the injury take place, right? Your left leg starts to go slack, and yeah, I don't know. Just watching it and and understanding trauma a little bit, you you know you're in a bad spot. Yeah, you know you're in a bad spot, and and I can't even begin to think, you know, what's running through your mind at that point, and and. I've suffered injuries in my career, but I'll tell you what, it is nothing in comparison to, to the devastating amount of trauma that your body suffered that day. And if you don't mind, let's go into the injury a little bit and, and yeah. how life changed. And I mean, this is when things are really, really going to start to get yeah. good for you because you, you take such a devastating experience and to say you've ran with it and turn your tide 180 degrees is just, Truly, truly, an understatement. Well, I, I, I appreciate. That. And first and foremost, man, I just I'm grateful for the friends and the, the you know people like you that I that I've been able to come in contact with. Because without you guys and without the friendships, I wouldn't be where I am today. But I truly appreciate it. Um, man, I so with that horse wearing back old Sozo and his uh, his weight, that big brute end up uh breaking it actually broke my l1 tore the tendons and ligaments away which caused the t12 which is located right behind i mean if you where your belly button is directly behind your yeah belly as i say we're talking right about there. the lumbar and thoracic portion of your spine yep and it caused the t12 to dislocate and uh with that happening, it twisted my spinal cord. I think when Mean Sozo left the shoot, you know, getting kind of flopped around, ragdolled, hit the ground, it twisted my spinal cord and pinched pinched the spinal cord, causing me to be paralyzed from the waist down. I mean, I know you got to talk to JR a little bit. And our yeah. heart, it's kind of the same injury. I know it's different and the body heals different, but a lot the same. And, uh, man, they flew me to the U of U hospital where they seen that there was spinal fluid in there's fluid in my spinal column did a five went under a five and a half hour surgery where they implemented two bars eight screws and fused five vertebrae three uh jeez got them all you know got all strong and healed up in there but i i uh that that's kind of the injury portion the doctor Told my mom and dad. I remember my dad and mom getting to the hospital. Well, I don't remember this actually. I was I was gone, but the surgeon came out and talked to my mom and dad, and and basically told my dad and mom that she did a 
did her best job on the surgery. Felt very confident in her work and her job doing that, her and her team. She said uh, that, that, you know, Braxton will be wheelchair bound. And my dad, my mom tells us, or I should have her on the phone, but my dad stands up and says, no, that's, no, no, that can't be. I know he's kind of in denial. And uh, the surgeon said, no, sir, he will, will, he will be able to, you know, use his wheelchair. We're going to teach him how to use his wheelchair, be successful in it. Things, you know, I'm sorry to tell you this. And my dad said, there's, it's not, it's not severed. You know, the spinal cord's not severed. There's got to be a chance. Like, there's got to be something, you know, what's yeah. the percentage? Like, yeah. he's got to be able to do it. And she gave my dad, she said, sir, uh, with other injuries that look like this, uh, it, 5% chance that he will be able to walk again. Anyways, and that was, that was really devastating for my dad, you know, to hear that. I don't know. That oh, was, I could only imagine, man. I'd be oh. sick to my stomach if, if that was the, the news I'm receiving about my child. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, and, and in thinking back in JR's episode, you know, I remember we had a very similar conversation, right? Where he, he was given very, very low percentage of success, yeah. but, but it was a chance nonetheless, right? Yeah. However small yep. it was, it was a chance nonetheless. It was not, no, it was not final. And you guys are just truly living miracles and, and it's incredible how far you've come. So now let's, we, we've suffered the injury. We've explained yeah. the injury. Let's talk about your journey to where you are today. Cause this is where, this is where things get crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is where the, you know, well, you know, and, and, and a lot of people think, man, oh, like they've gotten asked the question, how'd you do it? What's, what was the secret? How'd yeah. you, I mean, there's a lot of things that go behind it, but to, to be honest, it started, man, it started back when I was, I mean, seventh grade yeah. to all, I mean, all, like we've talked about this journey, life experience, all of a sudden I didn't just wake up one day and be like, you know, I'm going to be resilient. Yeah, you know, watch this. It, yeah. It, it, it was, uh, I guess the best way to fight is your character. It's who I was as a character. It didn't matter what, you know, in my mindset going into rodeo, I knew I was somehow, I didn't know the severity of it. Didn't ever think I'd break my back, but I knew I was going to get hurt, weather bumps and bruises. In my mind, I thought no matter what, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be tough. It, you know, and, uh, from day one, I, I, I got to share one experience that really, I mean, set it off is, you know, they they come in, they tell me I'm paralyzed. They tell me that, you know, they're going to be successful in a wheelchair. And this therapist comes into my room, and uh, I'm a little sedated. It's like the the fourth day I was there, man. And he says, I'm going to stick my hand under your back, Braxton, and lift you up in your, your bed. And then at the same time, put your feet off the side of the bed. Then we're going to sit you up. And this therapist leaned down to do that. And I, my dad was on my right side sitting by me. Therapist on the left. As he reached down to put his hand on my back, I, I reached up and grabbed this guy by the collar of his shirt. I mean, I reached up and grabbed him. I pulled him down. I said, hey, man, listen, if you don't believe that I'm going to walk out of this hospital, I need you to get out of my room and bring in the next therapist that's going to believe in me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and he kind of I mean, he kind of looked at me when I grabbed him. He's, I remember his eyes kind of getting big, and, you know, he, he didn't know what to think. And then I, I actually kind of. My dad reached over and said, Braxton, hey, Bra Braxton. I said, Dad, no, he needs to know. Yeah. And, and I'm a little sedated still, you know. Sedated, <laughs> but I said, listen, I'm something unique, and I'm something special to the sense of something like, you know, and I, I, I'm going to walk out of here. And if you don't believe that, please leave. 
And the therapist said, Braxton, I do. I believe you. And and that's Now, whether truly, he actually think, believed you or he was just scared of God? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> this cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's never going to walk again. He's trying to punch me in the throat. I'm just trying to help him up. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and, and I'd share this, and this is why I say I think it's one of the biggest life-changing deals for me And because from day one, you know, I, I truly believe with that little opportunity, that little percentage, I know I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. And in life, we can't go through life on our own. We have to be able to leave our comfort zone in, in time of need and reach out and grab someone and say, hey, I need help right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and... and we can't be successful on our own. And, and then the other thing is, is I, if I could get a message across to everybody, is that we are all children of God. We are all born to be successful and do things. But you need to know that yourself. You know, I, I think it's so important. You know how amazing you are as an individual. You, yeah. you know how the potential you have. You have to believe that in yourself. And then when life knocks us down, to be able to reach out and ask for that help. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I think that's what really, really from day one with me is being able to just ask for help. Let people know that, hey, I am serious about walking again. These are my goals. This is what I'm going to do. But help me with it. And I think as you describe, I get to sit here and reflect, right? And as you describe this situation and this scenario, you touch on some very, very valuable points that are applicable to life. And obviously in the Western world, on the show, we have a lot of cowboys and cowgirls and things of that sort. And there's always this bravado of having to be tough and do it on your own and kind of the whole lone wolf thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but when you think about life and you think about the fleeting moments or the fleeting chances that we have at success when we are truly in dire circumstance, right? Whether it's physical trauma, psychological trauma, financially we're having a hard time, the marriage is going going out the door. You know, that that small percentage that you were told can be represented in, in in God, right? Yeah, and, no. And you reaching out, telling this nurse, you know, that, hey, you're either on board or you're out, is yeah. is our responsibility to, to build a network of people that believe in us, that are of common thought, and that are willing to support each other, right? Because with any of this, and I mean anything in life or anything in the Western world, it takes a team to do any of it, whether it's getting a horse legged up or helping you with travel arrangements or picking up a meal for you, right? Anything of that sort. Yeah. So so what I try to tell folks is, is, man, you want that small percentage of success? You think there's no way out? You need to get your nose in the book, right? Yeah. And you need yeah, to surround yourself you with people that are going to pick you up. Yeah. I, I, man, you, if you show me your friends... You show me the people you're surrounding yourself with, I'll show you your future, man. Yeah. And there's not truer words. And I mean, that's, and I, I mean, that's with, I, I truly believe with, you know, a greater power as well. I don't, I mean, I know there's people, there, everyone, I'm never going to, you know, people believe in whatever they want to believe, but you have to believe there's something greater than yourself out there. Absolutely. And that's, no, when, and for that's me, when life that's starts me. to get real good. Yeah. And that's where truly this life, changing experience for me i couldn't i didn't understand it at first man you know i was pretty oh i was i was i remember thinking like why me 
God, yeah. like, you know, I didn't feel like I've been a bad person. I haven't done anything. You know, why do I deserve something like this? Why do I deserve in a blink of an eye of my dreams, something I worked so hard for to be taken from me? Yeah. Like, God, why would you do that to me, God? You know, and I can truly say it's because he has something better in store for us. It's absolutely you know, correct. And it, it goes back to the, the victim or victor mentality, right? Yes, correct. You man. can sit there and play victim. And, and I've done it. We've all done it. Oh, you me know? too. Pe- I think we that, all have. Yeah, yes. People that say they yeah. haven't aren't being honest with themselves, you know? No, no. But it's understanding that, I don't know, life has just been so much easier when I give it up to him and I, and I take the opportunities that he presents and I develop them the best I can and spend time praying on it because, you know, I, I never dreamt of the position that I'm in now. I never dreamt of the world that I'm in now. Uh, if you look at all of my success that I've had in the horse world, there is, there's not an earthly explanation for it. I should not have yeah. the network that I have. I shouldn't be on the phone with you right now, right? Our paths never yeah. should have crossed. There's nothing that explains <laughs> no. it other than the grace of God. I, I totally I testify of that, man. It's true. And here we go using, using the skill set and the history like you talked about, right? The resilience that you developed mm-hmm. at a young age, you know, and me using the skill set that I've been handed. For, yeah. a, for a greater purpose, because we've all been broken, we've all been damaged, and now it's our time to, to help others, help pick up others, right? I, man, I, when you're in the service of others, you're in the service of your fellow, you're in the service of you, God, man. Yeah. So you're, 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 you're right. You're so yeah. right. And that's, I, I, sorry, I just, just, man, I could go on and on. You get me going, dude. I'm excited <laughs> just because I, I start reflecting <laughs> of all the blessings, yeah. man, and, you know, and I just, of thinking of uh it took me a while to accept it it really did yes and I, yes once i finally had the ability to accept what i didn't understand when you know as if you even look in the bible you know the, the to lean towards the uh, to god man not the understanding mm-hmm. of men but you have to have the ability to accept who you are and not what you understand. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but you, you can't understand the plan that God has, but he does have a plan, man. He does. Well, that's the biggest frustration in a lot of it, right? Is us being humans, we're just nosy. We want to know. Yeah, you do. Right? And and you yep. want to be involved, especially people that are type A, special people that are athletes, right? And work hard. You you want to be in control. But Very true. But when you just kick back for a second and put your faith in him, man, a lot of great things come of it. and. And in going through your journey, right, you talk about kind of the pains and the struggles and the, the why me. What, yeah. Where was your turning point in understanding that, you know what, this is part of something greater and I do have an opportunity to make, make good of my circumstance? Well, I, I guess turning point was one, my dad. He, you know, I was kind of, I was, man, I was bitter. For, everybody was on the rodeo trail. I still be, we were supposed to go to Pendleton yeah. at Salt Lake, yeah. you know, and I was down. You're and I out. remember freaking crying my eyes out and feeling that sorry. And um, finally, my dad, you know, he, we had a moment where we got to spend some time together, oh, that fifth day or so in the hospital. And he, he kind of sh- sh- bore his testimony to me. And, you know, he kind of told me his faith and, and how there's a plan. I'm grateful for that friendship again. But it started, that's when I finally was able to uh, say, instead of saying, God, why me? And having the kind of a, I don't know, like me and me and, me and God, man, I have a, a prayer. It's something I, I've been able to, since little kid, I've always 
I felt like I've had that relationship with my Heavenly Father because, I mean, I've tried praying. I've gone to Him before. And when I was going to Him in prayer, then first couple of days, it was like, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, why me? Like, I mean, I was going in with some, I wanted answers. I wanted, you know, the same thing we talked about. But uh, uh, Brax is coming in hot. I was, man. I was thinking, <laughs> but uh, I remember after my dad talked to me, a little bit, you know, I uh, had a moment in the hospital where he left. He said, I'm going to I'm gonna go get your mom. And they kind of went to dinner. The nurses came in, gave me my medicines and stuff. And, I mean, I was just by myself, no one around. And I finally, uh, I changed my mind, my attitude. I changed my attitude, and I remember approaching, approaching God in a different tone, a different spirit, and just saying, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, hey, this is what you've done, and... Now, what do you want me to do, man? And I I, uh, I testify that he hears and answers our prayers. I know he does because, man, I've never felt. And once I changed my attitude and my approach towards him is when really uh, I felt his love the most, man. And I started to see the, the, the true potential that I had and maybe having an effect on different people's lives, not just my own. And that's when it became bigger than myself is, is when I s- submitted to his will, Yeah, I guess you can say. It's a powerful moment, man. And I think back uh, growing up as a kid, I used to, I used to pray for things that I wanted, that I wanted. Yeah. You know, and, and when I start, when I start focusing on a lot of my conversations with God as, as to what can I do or how can I be better in, in your name and your mission and your purpose, how can I better serve the team? Yeah. Um, Yeah. All these doors started opening and it was, you kind of get taken back by it, like, hold on, how how is this all getting put together? And then you have that fleeting <laughs> moment of, oh, man, yeah. this is getting handed over, right? This is what I'm supposed to do. This is where I'm supposed to be. And, yeah. uh, and at first, it was kind of disbelief for me, like how these opportunities are getting created. And And then once you start to realize, like, man, God's got my back on this, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing in His name, uh, yep. you just pour your heart and soul into it. and and. There's still challenges, right? It's not a free ride. Oh, it's not a hall pass on dude. nothing. No. Um, no. But the value in serving people is just, it comes tenfold. So much more. Yeah, it does, man. And that's the thing. Like, I guess social media, you know, I post a lot of my successful videos. I post a lot of the things that I'm overcoming. And, I, I mean, everyone's like, oh, Braxton, man, you're so positive. You're so up. Dude, there are hard days, and I think every day can be a hard day yeah. for everybody, not just for – I mean, yeah, I had a pretty uh, crazy experience, you know, being paralyzed but and you know, starting to overcome it. But, man, every everybody, a struggle still are still here. Yeah. The hard times yeah. are still here. And I sometimes I don't think I we share them enough. You know, we try to make things look all good. And that's but, true. It's 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 people want to project an image of success yeah. and 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 they're better off than they are and that's been my joy in in the podcast is that it's a platform in which folks can sit down and participate in a conversation, right? I don't want this to be an interview per se where I no. ask questions and you give an answer. Yeah. Like we talked about in the in the start of the show. This is a way for people to sit down and hash out life cuz I I I guarantee there's people that obviously have probably not experienced the physical trauma that you've experienced, but in some regard, their lives have paralleled the struggles that you've paralleled, right? Yeah. Or you've experienced, yeah, excuse are. me. And that's where the value comes in this. And 
I think the greatest part in in hearing your story is that a lot of a lot of your success, a lot of the pivotal moments in your journey, they were they were changes in perspective. They were things that were learned, right? You talked about yeah. changing your perspective towards the Lord. You talked about the resiliency, right? So people who who are stuck in that victim mentality or are stuck in the dumps per se, they need to yeah. understand that you can get yourself out of it. It is absolutely possible, but it does take just that one commitment to change. It does. Uh, and you care if I share an experience on that? There's that one little, I mean, that little perspective, you know, like you just said, that little. Absolutely. That absolutely. Because this, this is the value in the in the show. Oh, man. Uh, one thing, I, it was first time down to therapy. Um, they, they, you know, they picked <laughs> literally first time I've ever had somebody pick me up by my butt cheeks, you know, put me in a chair <laughs> and, you know, I had to rely a lot on oh, them. Oh man. man. What well, a humbling they, experience. They, oh man. No kidding. Uh-huh. And they take me down to therapy. They lift me up again, set me on this mat and I'm sitting there trying to figure out now I have this new body. I mean, new, it, different, you know, uh, just a different, but it was so different trying to sit up. I couldn't, it's like if you sit on a yoga ball mm-hmm. and put your feet up and you sit there and try to balance on the yoga ball, you know, that's kind of what it was like for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. And then they handed me a one-pound bar after about a, a couple hours of figuring out my my new balance. The, my therapist handed me this one-pound bar and said, Braxton, I want you to curl this one-pound bar from your knees to your nose. Just one-pound bar, man. I thought I was in physical good shape. You know, yeah, I thought one-pound bar, whatever. I go to curl this one-pound bar. I mean, I had to hold my arms out straight. And as I curled this one-pound bar, I about fell forward. The gravity from the one-pound bar, uh, you know, took me off yeah. course. I yeah. mean, about, and she caught me by the back, pulled me up, said, okay. That's what I thought. Some of your muscles aren't firing. We need, can you try it again? And as I tried it again, I mean, I even thought, man, I'm going to really try it hard. That The yeah. faster I try to bring it up, the faster <laughs> I'm going to get it right down. now. <laughs> and... It hit me then. It really hit me. One percent, like a one-pound bar, made the biggest difference in my life right then. So now, if I could take this one pound or change it into like a one percent, I guess one percent can make the biggest difference. If I will just give one percent to be better every single day, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever, whatever struggle that is that I had. I know. I think this goes for anybody, but man, the one percent can make the biggest difference. God doesn't ask us to be perfect. He asks us to try. My therapist didn't ask me to walk. They asked me to try, you know, to work. And I mean, I went down there with a mindset of, I'm going to be 1% better today than I was yesterday and 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And I mean, there's 365 days in a year, 1% each day, man. In a year from now, I'm going to be 365 times better. Yeah, that's incredible. It's it's an awesome perspective that you bring up there because the 1% is digestible, right? Yeah. That's something yeah. you can manage. That's something you can stay on top of. But when people try to, and I'm just as guilty as the next man, uh, um, when I want to do something, I want to do it now and I want to be the best that I can be at it. And sometimes I, I get very frustrated and don't focus on the process. But once you change your perspective or your mm-hmm. line of sight or yep. your aiming point or however you want to describe it, when you change that focus from my goal to the process and invest yourself in that process, that's when the momentum really starts to pick up. 
I, I agree, man. I, I truly, that you you hit it right on the head. It's incredible. You really, you really did. Incredible. And, uh, and going through all of your story, man, we have covered a lot of ground, right? We have covered a little bit about who you are, who you came, you know, how you came up. We covered a little bit about your injury and, and some of the processes afterwards. Where is Braxton Nielsen today? I mean, you've gone from, from an extremely devastating set of circumstances to fighting your way out of it to really starting to help people and invest in others, right? And bring some value to people's lives. Man, I've tried to. And I mean, it's been, like I say, a blessing, man. Braxton Nielsen, right now, I feel, uh, man, I'm the strongest I've ever been with uh, spiritually wise. You know, I, I truly, I truly know who I am as an individual. I think these circumstances, we come down to this earth and we get to be on this earth to have these challenges and, and find out who we really are as an individual. And I truly feel like I know who I am now. I truly feel like I know who Braxton Nielsen is when I wake up in the morning. Man, I know that me and God have a good relationship as far as that, uh, that standpoint. And, um, you know, I still have my struggles. I still, uh, my bowels and bladder don't work, man. The little muscles I have to self-calf, you know, four times a day. I have to do a bowel treatment every morning. There's still little complications. I still don't have any feeling in my left foot. My right leg, I've got, it's normal to me now. My right leg, my whole right leg, I can feel everything, but it's really, it's like if you fall asleep on your arm, you wake up and it's kind of that tingly feeling. Yeah, yeah. Or you, or, you, or you go get that numbing at the dentist and it's kind of like you can feel it, but you can't really feel it kind of, a, I don't know. That's how my right leg side is. And then, uh, you know, I still, I, I can't, I look like Forrest Gump when I try to run, <laughs> but I can do it, you know. I, I kind of all... look like that and I never broke my back, so. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel so bad <laughs> okay perfect man <laughs> but i think what's great about all this man is that you are you're what were we 18 months mm-hmm. from the injury 18 yes, months from, 18 months from an injury where you were told excuse me your folks were told you'll never walk again yeah you, you know? know and it's still it's like a dream it's it's crazy yeah it's it's, it's a miracle that's really what it is it, it, right it is it is a miracle and I t- and I told Jr. when we when we had our episode together, when when you grow up right and, and you work your way through Scripture, you hear about miracles and you read about the miracles that were committed in the Bible and 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 I feel fortunate right for Jr. and and in your relationship because you guys have afforded me an opportunity to watch a miracle take place with my own two eyes, and and when you get to see it. When you get to see it with your own two eyes, it takes believing to a whole nother level, a whole nother level, right? Because yeah, it does. You think about any life experience. Somebody tries to sell you something on how great a car is, right? Well, well, reading a brochure or having somebody tell you how great a vehicle is is not the same experience as sitting in the driver's seat and airing it out, right, and really opening that vehicle up <laughs> and and. And I think about my faith and watching your guys' process and your guys' progress is that experience oh. on a parallel. Yeah. And it's just been, it's been incredible. It, it's been a blessing. Like that's, I guess, you know, when I told you, I mean, <laughs> when I say my prayers and talking to God and saying, why me? It truly has changed my mindset to why me? Like, why do I get to receive this miracle? Why do I get to see, yeah. uh, you know, the things happen. I mean, I, I do. I feel very blessed. I feel blessed not only for the miracle of uh, 
um, to be healed. But man, uh, I feel blessed to have the relationships with the friends, um, to have the relationships of seeing how much, you know, I'm loved to the support, to that, 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 the little things I, I, I feel very blessed to, to see the miracles in them happening as well. Like the relationship that me and you can gain just from this pot, the, the, you know, just from getting to share our stories and messages. It's, it's a miracle. All the little things are a miracle. It's all part of a bigger plan. Yeah. It's all part of a bigger plan. So what is in store? I know you did your sports, you did your rodeo deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now public speaking is kind of a, uh, an engagement that you participate in. Let's talk a little bit about that. What does Braxton Nielsen have to offer in that category? Man, I, have, uh, I, love, I love to be able to go and share my story and, and help uh, the youth to help business, whoever, whoever I can in being successful and sharing some of the, some of the key principles that I truly have lived in from a young age as is you yourself as an athlete as you've grown up I mean there's certain keys and principles that you probably live by and and I get to share those and when I go speak in my platform and and sharing my message it's about my accident but really it's I, I talk about hard work and how it will never cheat you in life I talk about a positive mindset and how it will take you to places you never thought were possible and and the third key that I truly believe in is surrounding yourself with greatness, surrounding your, yourself with people that do believe in you and want to make you a better person. And uh, I've been able to go to schools, um, a lot of schools, junior high, elementary, high school, um, to speak. I've been able to speak at a lot of corporations and, and applying those key principles, you know, into a business setting and and also into a lot of church groups and firesides and I love it, man. I love the opportunity to share our gifts and talents and abilities. And to, the main thing is to testify of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and that he lives. Yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey. You definitely walked. And most people I think of, right, public speaking is a huge fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done quite a bit myself, and I've, I've taught in many different forums and and you always you always kind of got the pregame jitters going, as I like to refer to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, how does public speaking land in your lap? What's the process? How did you get to that point? Well, my dad's my dad's a principal at Union High School, and after I got out of the hospital, he said, "Braxton, I'd like you to come share your story with my students." He says, "You know, I." And at first, I was kind of like, "Dad, no, I don't, I don't." <laughs> yeah. I, I, thanks, but no thanks. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, no thanks. Like I, I've never been shy of speaking. I guess you know, I've always been yeah. the one that, like on the rodeo trail, actually, my rodeo partners, they, they, they would about leave me. They, they gave me a time <laughs> set. They said, "Hey, if we get back to the van and you're not there." You got 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. it don't matter, and we're yeah. leaving, you know. But uh, so speaking part, but it was getting out and sharing, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, talking about my weaknesses. It was hard to almost want to talk about my struggles and, and stuff that way. It was a f- overcoming that fear. And, um, once I did it, though, I remember right before I walked on stage, man, getting this like the same uh, you and you probably can relate to this. A lot of people can relate to this. That same feeling before you walk out on the field or before you climb over that buck and shoot yeah. that butterflies in the belly to like anxious. And yeah. I went out there and spoke. And then you have kids come up and say, thank you for sharing that. You know, I really needed that. You've helped me out your story and they share their experience with you. And you feel like you just made a 90 point bareback, right? Or, you know, you just hit, a, I mean, you just walked 
uh, walk off home run yeah. or whatever yeah. it is, it, it created that feeling of, of, uh, uh, accomplishment of success, I guess for me. I think it provides value, you know, cause I, yeah, I think that. about your speaking engagement and, and for me, the podcast, and I made the joke plenty of times before I, I was pretty much convinced that my mom and maybe one of my friends would want to listen to something like this, <laughs> um, you know, but I, I floated it to, to many of my mentors and relationships that I have in the horse world and in pro rodeo and horsemanship and as many different avenues of the Western world that, that I thought this could pertain to. And, and people said, yeah, I think, I think you might have something there. And we start to get into it and, and never did I imagine in the, I think we've only been up maybe six months, seven months, we've been on the air. Uh, never once did I imagine I would, I would acquire the guests that I've acquired. I would acquire the testimonies that I've acquired and, and the messages come in weekly of, Hey, that guest told me the one thing I needed to hear. Hey, I've been searching 15 years for this message and I, and I listened to 30 seconds of your podcast and I got it, you know, and that's been the driving force is that like you talk about, I've been a broken man, just like anybody else. I'm not immune to it. I'm not a superhuman. I'm not anything special, but I'm in a position to where I'm willing to introduce these weaknesses to other people. I'm willing to have conversations with guests about real life. And, and that's where the growth starts to take place. And I think that's where a lot of the camaraderie starts to, starts to flourish. Right. And, and people understand that, Hey, we're all into this together. And and you just got to lean on each other. And it's okay to ask for help. J- Jason, I, I want you to know, man, that you, uh, you're you awesome. You're, you you know, I appreciate you following your, uh, you can call it revelation, you know, of, of this podcast and something. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, I appreciate you following that. And, you know, that it has it's blessed my life getting to listen to jr's to even before i you asked me to come on here you know i got to watch some of them and it is it's a very you know you need to need to follow that inspiration for those that do listen and maybe listen to this it sometimes is scary to get out there and do it but take that one step because not only are you changing your own life but you're going to change a lot of lives a well, lot it's, i sure appreciate your support and your kind words you know when i tell people this is not my doing. I am the vehicle. I am the door in which is opened, right? But it's your guys' testimony. It's my guest testimony that's the value. And you're right. Change happens when you're uncomfortable. And sometimes the most terrifying step is the first one. Yeah. Right? But after that, after that, life is good. And, and, and like I tell a lot of folks that are, that are struggling with change, because I struggled with it for almost two years in a, in a huge professional decision that I made. I don't ask people to climb to the top of the ladder. I just want you to put your hand on, put your foot on the first rung. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And after that, you'd be, you'd be impressed in, in how fast things grow and how fast you will end up at the top. I agree. Totally good, good, agree. Man. Well, we have, we have definitely covered some ground in the last hour and we blew through it pretty quick. We did. It was good. I, I mean, it was, it was good, man. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I just, if I could just, if, I mean, leave something out there for everybody. I mean, I, you know, you get to listen to the whole hour speech, but if they can remember anything about this old broken up bareback racks, dude, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I truly hope 
those listening or those that get to hear my message truly understand how amazing they are as an individual that you know they have so much potential we do as in, individuals as children of god as as brothers and sisters as we go through this life man that we are truly born to succeed don't limit yourself rise above and and uh keep being resilient in everyday life just that one percent one percent every day braxton i'm gonna tell you you've uh you've been able to impact so many lives in such a positive way. And you've taken such a dire set of circumstances that, that some people never recover from physically and mentally. And just you're a, a wildfire of, of motivation. And, and I know there's tons of content that you have on your social media and I know you're accessible for speaking engagement. So before yeah. we part ways, I would like you to kind of explain how people can get a hold of you, maybe your typical formats, booking schedule, anything of that sort, where people can get get more of, of what you are all about. No, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you can message me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, either way. A lot of people have on Instagram or, or on Facebook messengers. A lot of them have contact me that way. My number's on there as well. Or, um well, I don't know. Actually, I think Facebook it might be. Um, also, uh, we we're getting a website up right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I mean, I'm moving forward and stuff. So I'll have a, you know, a website uh, soon up that we kind of explains where I'm going to be, where I'm at. That way, if I'm close to somebody or coming close to your town or whatnot, and you can kind of follow me that way um so once that's up it'll be on my instagram and facebook but as far as that that's kind of the best way to get a hold of me or to uh, ask me questions and for those listening if you guys do have questions please i love i love messing i'm probably like you jace i mean i want to answer questions anyone <laughs> yeah, i can help that's part of it I'm, I'm an open book i mean i'll share anything with you and i can help each other anyways but that's that's where they can get a hold of me that's where they can see is just shoot me a message Braxton, it's been an absolutely incredible story, incredible journey that we have traveled. I think multiple episodes are in in our future. Yeah. Because we could, I got tons of notes here that we could break off. And if I started asking some of these questions, uh, we'd be looking for a lunch break before you know it. <laughs> um, but uh, again, I thank you very much for, for you taking time out of your day to to share with us. I I very much respect your open story and being honest, not only with yourself, but with everybody here. And you're an incredible human being. And I'm looking forward to everything that you have to accomplish, not only in 2019, but, but for many years to come. I, I truly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. I, thanks for what you're doing, man. Hey, we work as hard as we can. That's all we can do, right? Yes, sir. All right, brother. We will talk to you here in the near future. You have a good one. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Again, you can find us on social media under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. If you want to support the growth of this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Again, we thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.